ESPN Radio. A little CNC Sports Factor for you in the afternoon with Chris Canty and Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series X and Channel 80, as well as ESPN Plus. You're going to come up and find out in about 10 minutes. Baker Mayfield wants this. And the Cleveland Browns pulled a Nino Brown and said no. That comes away in about 10 minutes here on ESPN Radio. But plain people not saying no to college basketball. The first full day of the NCAA tournament. We hope today is half as good as what we saw yesterday with those two first four games involving Wright State versus Bryant and that Rutgers double overtime loss to Notre Dame. Let's bring in King McClure who played in college basketball as Baylor. He's now ESPN College Basketball analyst and hit him on Twitter at King McClure 22. I'm going to start the Michigan Wolverines and we know King all what happened at the end of the year with, the, with their head coach when it comes to Jawan Howard. He was not there for the end of the regular season due to that whole fracas that happened between him and Wisconsin at the end of the game. But they won today against Colorado State. Why do I have a feeling that Sweet 16 could possibly be in their future? And the way that they played today, I feel you too. Because uh, I definitely picked Colorado State over Michigan due to all the drama and the chaos that happened towards the end. Plus, they really didn't have that great of a season. I mean, everybody expected them to you know, be this certain level of Final Four caliber team, kind of similar to what we saw last year, especially bringing in Devontae Jones, a great point guard from Coastal Carolina. Hunter Dickinson is a, is a monster down low. And we thought they would be way better than what they actually were. So the way they played today, I mean, I'm not surprised. That will be one story. I mean, Jawan Howard going from doing what he did to leading into the Sweet 16, I mean, that's an incredible story. King, a lot of people are throwing shade toward your Baylor Bears and saying that they're the most vulnerable number one seed in the entire NCAA tournament. They're down there in the East region. Now, they're handling their business against Norfolk State, their 16th seed. But just out of curiosity, if it's not Baylor coming out of that East region, then who's the team that everybody is saying or who's the team that you think should be the team to represent that in the fi- that region in the Final Four? Yeah, I mean, first off, I, I wouldn't say they're the most vulnerable. I mean, they're probably the most injured-prone um, because when you look at their roster, uh, when they are healthy, they are the best team in the country, and they showed that earlier this year. However, I mean, LJ Cryer, your leading scorer, gets hurt. Jonathan Tromwell-Trotua, your backup big, who honestly played more minutes than the starting big, gets hurt as well. And those two injuries are huge. So now you're playing with about seven guys, maybe eight on some nights, but if it's not Baylor, I think it's either Kentucky or Purdue. I mean, mm-hmm. I like Kentucky. I chose Purdue. I like Kentucky. I like Oscar Sheway, what he brings to the table. Their two guards are phenomenal. They share the ball better than almost any backcourt in the country. Uh, but I, it's just something about Jaden Ivey in, the, in, in Purdue. I mean, Jaden Ivey is yeah, top five go. draft this year. Yeah, he can go. <laughs> yeah, nah, he can go for real. And some of the plays he makes, I'm hoping they make it further because I just love watching the kid play. Um, I said kid, like I'm just that much older than him. Yeah, but, you old man. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I like Purdue, though, to come out of their bracket. I think that they have a complete team. The defense kind of scares me, but I like Purdue. King McClure played at Baylor, now an ESPN College basketball analyst. Hit him on Twitter at King McClure 22 joining Chris Canty and Freddie Coleman on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. Which is more of a bracket of death for a number one seed? Is it Gonzaga in the West or is it Kansas in the Midwest? Ooh, I got to go Gonzaga. I mean, they have, they have a tough route. And the reason why I say Gonzaga is because they probably eventually have to match up with Texas Tech. And that right there is not an easy thing to do. And then don't forget, Duke is on that same that same bracket. And they beat Texas Tech earlier this year. And Texas Tech has the number one defense in the country. 
Uh, so whenever you're playing a team with the number one defense in the country, they are a scare to play against. And they're long, they're athletic. They only play one guy under 6'5". With Kevin McCullough and Terrence Shannon in the lineup, those guys changed, completely changed the ball game. And I don't know if Gonzaga has consistently seen a defense uh, like Texas Tech. So I'm going to have to say Gonzaga because of that defense uh, that they'll see against Texas Tech. And if they beat Tech, I mean, they probably this Tech and Duke have to match up with each other. But if you don't see Tech, then you have to see Duke. And Paolo Bancaro, Mark Williams, those guys are no joke either. King, I'm going to preface this next question because everything that I ask you is in the interest of making sure that I give my bracket the best chance of being <laughs> successful. But I wanted to ask you, with Bill Self and – Oche, Abachi, Abaji in Kansas. I mean, as far as their path to the championship, are we talking about them having the easiest easiest uh, path of all the number one seeds in the NCAA tournament to get into New Orleans and cutting down the nets? You know, I, I, I'd say they have the easiest, but I'd use that word easiest uh, very, very lightly. Mm-hmm. Um, when you look at who they play next round, if San Diego State wins, they're playing a San Diego State team that has the number two defense in the country. And they have a guy who came from Cal named Matt Bradley, a lefty who gets buckets. And he's hard to guard. They have the size in San Diego State. They can switch guards on the perimeter. If Remy Martin is not playing the way he played in the, in the Big 12 championship game, I don't know if it's going to be a cakewalk. It's not going to be easy for Kansas to beat this San Diego State team because they're good. Right. And they play defense and lock up. However, San Diego State struggles to score the ball at times. So that might be the downfall and why Kansas wins. But their defense is incredible. If, they, if their offense was on the same level as their defense, they'd be a top-10 team in the country. So then you get past them. Then they're looking at Iowa. Iowa's a team who has no problem scoring the ball. They are top-10 in the country. I think maybe even top-5 in the country in points per game. And they have a guy named Keegan Murray. If you've never seen him play, he will be a top-5, top-10 for sure, top-5 top draft pick for next year's draft. Uh, top three scorer in the country, also averaging like nine rebounds per game. They shoot the ball from from three very well. They share it. They let Keegan Mar- Keegan Murray go to work. I like Iowa. I chose Iowa to come out of that uh, out of that out of that regional. Okay, wow. who are your other two of Final Four teams? Since you got Iowa coming out of that regional, we're going Iowa, Arizona, Gonzaga, and Purdue. Okay, hey King, keep being the king, my friend. We'll talk to you soon. Enjoy the rest of the tournament as well. Appreciate y'all having me. Great stuff by King McClure, ESPN College Basketball. Ants also played at Baylor. Hit him on Twitter at King McClure 22. Joining us here with Chris Canty and Freddie Coleman and ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. And I'm glad we brought up Michigan early on because a lot of people wondered, Chris, what kind of Michigan team were we going to see? And I'm not going to say that Final Four bound being the 11th seed out of the South, but there may not be a more experienced team based on last year where this team had a really deep run in the NCAA tournament. No doubt about it. And people are underestimating the the us-against-the-world mantra that the Michigan Wolverines certainly could be using when it comes to postseason play because of what happened in that game against Wisconsin and Jawan Howard being suspended for the remainder of the regular season game. So all of those things factor into a team being able to catch that lightning in a bottle this time of year because mm-hmm. we both know that tournament play is different than regular season play. It's, it's different than conference play because you're going up against – different teams that don't that don't necessarily know each other so for them to be able to use that as a little bit of fuel in order to kind of you know rally together I I think that's something that's underestimated in this situation I had no doubt in my mind 
that they were going to win their first game against Colorado State just because of how everything went down with Jawan Howard uh, over the course of the last month. But this Michigan team, these young guys could use that as something to kind of propel them through the NCAA tournament. So that's a team that nobody probably wants to play as we uh, move into the round of 32. You mentioned Memphis. They beat Boise State 64-53, to updating on games going on right now. It's going to be a final with Baylor, number one seed in the East region. They're about to knock off Norfolk State, that game 85-49. to Second half action, Tennessee, a sneaky pick, in my opinion, to get to the final four, the third seed mm-hmm. in the South region. They are doubling up on Longwood, 64-32 to in a number three versus number 14 matchup. And number 12, Richmond, not only hanging with number five, Iowa, but they have a one-point lead at halftime, Chris, 29-28. to That game, a first-round match up in the Midwest region. A lot of people Yeah, King McClure's back bracket is about to be busted. Yeah. His bracket is about to be busted <laughs> if he's got Iowa in the final four. Yeah, no doubt about it. I would get into the Sweet 16, so my bracket won't be busted, but it would be hurting a little bit if Richmond out of the A-10 is able to beat a team out of the Big Ten. You can always hit us up on Twitter anytime you want. Chris's handle, Chris Canty 99 My handle, the Coleman ESPN and the NCAA tournament is finally here. That means the Wendy's Wooden Watch continues. Go to ESPN.com and search Wooden Watch for the list of the Wooden Award nominees like a Keegan Murray out of Iowa, for example, or a Brandon Matherin out of Arizona to watch if the season comes to its conclusion. The Wendy's Wooden Watch is brought to you by Wendy's Breakfast, the official breakfast of March Madness. So Baker Mayfield's had enough with the Cleveland Browns, but then the Cleveland Browns got in touch with the Inanino Brown by saying business be never personal. That's next on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio. He's Chris Canty. I'm Freddie Coleman. A little Canty and Coleman in the afternoon on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. Thanks to Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save over $700 on average. All you got to do is call or click today. 15 minutes away from when it comes to Vaughn Miller. Is he really that dude for the Buffalo Bills to overtake everybody else in the AFC? We're going to talk about that in 15 minutes. But Chris, Baker Mayfield thought he was that dude. But then he told ESPN, and I quote about demanding a trade from the Cleveland Browns, it's in the mutual interest of both sides for us to move on. The relationship is too far too far gone to mend. It is in the best interest of both sides to move on, end quote. And then the Browns, Chris, got into the inner touch of the Nino Brown and said business be never personal, and they said no. They are not going to have any kind of trade demands being thrown upon them when it comes to Baker Mayfield. We thought this would get interesting when he got back into the locker room. That interesting happened right now and not until OTAs and training camps with the Browns and Baker Mayfield and going forward. Freddie, see, it sounded like a threat from Baker Mayfield, though. It's in the best interest of both sides to move on. Well, if you're Cleveland and you wanted Deshaun Watson and didn't get him, if you're moving on from Baker Mayfield, then what are you moving on to? I, that's yeah. the part that doesn't make sense mm-hmm. to me. So if you're Baker Mayfield, you're not in any, you're not in any position to dictate to the Cleveland Browns what they're going to do. Your performance in 2021 doesn't give you that kind of leverage. So the reality is you're going to play on your $19 million option, and if you decide you want to go out there and tank just to stick it to Cleveland because they didn't trade you, then what does that do for your market in 2023? Nothing good. So if you're Baker Mayfield, I don't know that you have a whole lot of options when it comes to what happens next with your football future. It's up to the discretion of Andrew Berry and Kevin Stefanski and what they want to do. But, Freddie, see, I will go back to this point that I made earlier in the show. I think the pursuit of Deshaun Watson opened the door for Stefanski and Andrew Barry to do something that they seemingly wanted to do ever since the drama with Baker Mayfield started to come to the surface at the end of the regular season this past year, which is give us an opportunity to cut ties with somebody else's draft pick. Mm -hmm. This is a guy that is limited when it comes to the ceiling 
what he brings to the table from a physical attribute standpoint, but also where he can take this team. And it's getting to the point now where you got to make a decision long-term what you want to do with Baker Mayfield. Are you going to give him a contract extension? Are you going to pay this guy somewhere in the mid to high 30s on average annual value? Right. Or are you going to move on from him? And I feel like the organization has already let us know where they stand on him. They, they want to move on from Baker Mayfield, but it's a matter of making sure that they do what's in the best interest of their program moving forward, that being getting draft picks, maximizing the return. Because Baker Mayfield was the first overall pick, you do want to get something back for him. And then also having a plan at what you're going to do for the quarterback position in the short term. Now, I think that plan will involve drafting somebody because Cleveland, I think, is picking um, in the top half of the first round. So I I would assume that they would be in the quarterback market when it comes to the the players that are on the board at the top of this year's draft. But But I would also look at free agent options, and potentially bringing somebody that can be a bridge until my young guy that I draft this year is ready to go. So I think all options are on the table for the Cleveland Browns. They're just not going to let Baker Mayfield dictate any of it. And I think yep. that's the right position to take because Baker Mayfield has not earned that right. Chris Canty and Freddie Coleman on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. Here's something else to what you just said. Baker Mayfield, find out how much joke he does not have with this organization. He found out maybe even before they were going to be in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes when it comes to the Cleveland Browns. He's seen other quarterbacks in the NFL, Josh Allen in Buffalo, Lamar Jackson in Baltimore, two peers from his draft class that they all were drafted in the same class. Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. Of course, the old heads, Tom Brady with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers back in the NFL, and also Aaron Rodgers, the Green Bay Packers. Baker Mayfield probably believed I was the number one pick in the draft by this organization. I wanted to come here. Plenty of other quarterbacks were hoping Cleveland not draft him. I told him, you don't draft me, it's going to be a mistake. So he got his wish, and he, he believed that he was able to show people that, hey, no matter what, I know this organization is going to have my back. Baker Mayfield found out a very valuable life lesson. You're only as valuable as people believe you are valuable. You can be the number one pick in the draft, but the Cleveland Browns do not believe you're a championship quarterback, and they believe, and they know, Chris, they have enough of a resume to say yep and nope when it comes to Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield found out that you can be the golden child one year, but that can only last as long as you're producing to the effect of the people that have your value and your future in their hands. That's an issue Josh Allen does not have to worry about in Buffalo. That's an issue Lamar Jackson has to worry about in Baltimore. That's an issue that wherever Deshaun Watson goes, he won't have to worry about despite the nonsense that he put himself in off the football field. Baker Mayfield found out in the worst way that life comes at you fast, no matter if you're the number one pick in the draft or you're the sixth pick in the draft. If you're not producing and have that value to people that regard that value and have that in their hands, it's going to be a very, very difficult time for you. And Baker Mayfield's found that out in the last 48 hours. Yeah, Freddie, see, it's a what have you done for me lately business. And the lasting image that we have of Baker Mayfield is what happened in 2021. People forget about what 2020 looked like when Kevin Stefanski was the darling new coach and Baker Mayfield had this Cleveland Browns team winning a playoff game in a blowout fashion in Pittsburgh and then knocking on the door in terms of being able to upset the Kansas City Chiefs in Arrowhead. People forget that that's where Baker Mayfield mm-hmm. took this team. Well, I, I use the term took uh, you know, tongue-in-cheek because we know that it's a really strong supporting cast. There's a lot of talent on this Cleveland Browns roster, and it had a lot to do with the organization doing a lot of losing over the course of the last decade and a half. I will not 
try to diminish Baker in any way, shape, or form. He's the best quarterback that Cleveland has had in the last 30 years since Bernie right. Kosar. He's no the best doubt. quarterback they've had since then. No, no, but, no, no stretch, but, though, by the way. <laughs> no, that's not, that, 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 that's not even a stretch. That's just, that's just the fact of the matter. But when you also look at the landscape of the AFC, hell, when you look at the division, Baker Mayfield at best is the third quarterback in that division behind Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow. Baker Mayfield at best is the eighth best quarterback in the AFC behind the two guys that I already mentioned, and then, of course, every single quarterback in the AFC West, and then Josh Allen with the Buffalo Bills. That, that's where Baker Mayfield is. So the Cleveland Browns are looking at this with clear eyes and saying, yep. it doesn't make sense for us to extend this guy. It just doesn't. But we're not going to be in a hurry to move on because we don't have a plan right now what we're going to do at quarterback. Now, if that changes, if we draft a guy with the 13th overall pick, then maybe we'd be willing to move Baker Mayfield later on in the offseason. But we don't have to operate with any urgency because he's under contract, and there's not a damn thing that Baker Mayfield can do about it. You can weigh in at Triple H say ESPN, 888-729-3776. Is Baker really the bold and the beautiful or more the young and the restless? Triple H say ESPN, 888-729-3776. Chris Canty and Freddie Coleman here on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. Meanwhile, Vaughn Miller, he's got new money with a new team trying to get a third ring. But is he that dude for the Bills in the AFC to be the team to beat? That's next after this from Wendy's. The number one pick is in. It's Wendy's Breakfast, the official breakfast of March Madness. Every day, choose from Wendy's stacked starting lineup like the Breakfast Baconator, which is Freddie, my personal favorite. Or you can roll with the Honey Butter Chicken Biscuit. And like any great team, Wendy's is bringing the breakfast legends. Oven-baked sizzling bacon, fresh cracked eggs, perfectly seasoned breakfast potatoes, and a Simply Orange juice to wash it all down. Make a fast break to your nearest Wendy's drive-thru and pick up your Wendy's breakfast, the official breakfast of March Madness. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. You're listening to Freddie Coleman and Chris Canny, ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio. Five minutes away from all about the Benjamins involving Von Miller being that difference made from the Buffalo Bills. 15 minutes away from Russell Westbrook not trying to hear anybody named Patrick Beverly giving him that trash talk and think it's going to affect him. Chris Canty, Freddie Coleman together on Canty and Coleman on ESPN Radio and also ESPN+. Plus. But Baker Mayfield, he asked the Cleveland Browns, I want to trade. I want to be out. We are way too past that point of staying together. And the Cleveland Browns said, we thought about it. And the answer is no. So when it comes to Baker Mayfield, your thoughts on that at Triple H say ESPN, 888-729-3776. Don in Dallas, my friend, what do you have? Go, go, go ahead, Don. Hello? Go ahead, Don. One, one last chance. Oh, yeah. Uh, I was just saying, Kenty uh, uh, said, uh, Baker, Baker, um, could go in to try to tank. He don't have to tank. He was injured all last year. He gave it everything he had. And so the first kind of injury, all he has to do is shut it down. And it's not ready yet. It's not ready yet. It's not ready yet. So that won't hurt him at all because everybody knows he will play through injury. So I guess what you're saying is, Don, that he can just say he's not able to play and then the Cleveland Browns are just going to have to find another person to play quarterback for him. Sure, I guess Baker could do that. But again, you're affecting your value going into 2023. Why can't your shoulder heal up? You had off-season shoulder surgery as soon as the season was over with. 
So why did it need to keep you out the entirety of 2022? Those would be the kind of questions that teams would ask moving forward in free agency, and it becomes a bad look on Baker. Either it's a health issue or it's a sports character issue. Either way, it's a problem at the most important position on anybody's football team. And I don't know that there's going to be a team out there that wants to absorb that type of baggage, Freddie C. Yeah, here's the deal with that with Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield better realize this. The NFL, more than ever before, is a second-by-second league. It's yeah. not year-to-year. It's not week-to-week. It's not play-to-play. It's second-by-second. And the last second they saw Baker Mayfield was something the Cleveland Browns decided, hey, if we can go get Deshaun Watson, if we believe we can be in those sweepstakes, then we need to be a part of it because we need to upgrade that position. Like Nino Brown said, Baker Mayfield, in the movie New Jack City, business be never personal he made it personal and now the browns like look you can make it personal all you want but this is business we didn't get the guy we wanted but that does mean we just want to move on from you and that's going to be the end of it bacon mayfield is going to have to get out of his feelings going forward whether he stays with the cleveland browns or they decide to acquiesce to him and give his trade demands more than a look-see brian in texas what do you got my friend no i was i just wanted to say that baker mayfield reminds me of uh Mark Sanchez, he was the you know the poster child. Goes and wins one playoff game, and you know they're just better off being cheerleaders Ouch. on the sidelines as backups. Ouch! Wow, that's so Ouch. disrespectful. That really, especially. But Sanchez. you know what I'm here for, man. Baker yeah. Mayfield deserves all the shade that he's getting right now okay. because the post that he made 24 hours ago was so disingenuous, Freddie C. It wasn't about thanking the fans from Cleveland. It was about trying to send a message to the organization. And you know how I know that? Because he preferenced his comments by saying that there was no hidden agenda. Mm -hmm. When we all know (laughs) this was a reaction to the Cleveland Browns' interest in Deshaun Watson. Now, Freddie C., we do have the reports from Josina Anderson and others that the Seattle Seahawks are discussing the possibility of exploring a trade for Baker Mayfield. So that could be something to watch. That was one of the destinations that we said was out there, someplace that made sense because they didn't really have a plan outside of Russell Wilson. Mm -hmm. They did get a haul in return for Russell Wilson. They got some players that they can can do some things with. Noah Fad is a big add to that offense that already has DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. So it would be really interested to see whether or not Pete Carroll and John Snyder would actually make that move. But – as far as Baker is concerned, I don't see the leverage that he has in this situation with Cleveland. Yeah. If Cleveland wants him to be on the team, he's going to be on the team. That's just it. Now, what happens after that, it's anybody's guess. But until the Browns figure out what they're going to do after striking out on Deshaun Watson, mm-hmm. I don't anticipate Baker Mayfield being moved anywhere. Put it this way, Baker Mayfield. You can make trade demands and think you can get away with it if you're Aaron Rodgers. Hey, Baker Mayfield, you're not Aaron Rodgers. Look, look, man, it took Deshaun Watson an entire year before we're starting to see any movement on the trade front with him. Now, I know that there are other other things around that particular situation. It's not apples to apples. Mm -hmm. But you could say the same from the talent standpoint with Deshaun Watson and Baker Mayfield, too. That ain't equal either. So, I mean, when you're talking about being able to leverage your talents against the organization in order to force your way out, there are a select few of guys – that, that are talented enough, that are good enough at the quarterback position that can actually do that. And guess what? 
Baker Mayfield ain't one of them. Yeah, and if he doesn't realize that sooner or later and try to make sure that works for him in terms of motivation, we'll see. Either way, he wants to be traded from the Browns, and the Browns are saying no bueno when it comes to Baker Mayfield. He's Chris Freddie Canty. C., I got to put this out there. Okay, I got to put this out there because I did, out a, little research in, I did a little research right. in the break, and, uh-huh. I, and I was just, you know, people are saying, oh, Baker Mayfield is better than you're giving him credit for. The Twitter mob is coming after you and I because we're giving him all of this Baker slander. I usually allow a good story or the narrative to kind of go along. And, you know, we play off of that as sports talk radio hosts. That's what we do. But when certain situations call for it, we got to inject facts into the conversation. So let me give you some facts. Since Baker Mayfield has come into the NFL, he was drafted in 2018. He leads the league in interceptions. Uh Since he's come into the NFL, he's 24th in total QBR. Since he's come into the NFL, he's 12th in touchdown passes. But for context – the two guys that are tied at 10th, Ryan Tannehill mm-hmm. and Jared Goff. Mm. Do we look at any of those guys as franchise quarterbacks? Oh, not in this lifetime. Exactly. So that's <laughs> where you are if you're Baker Mayfield. You're good. You're, you're somewhere in the top half of the league. You're in the teens in terms of how you power rank the starting 32 quarterbacks. But don't think of yourself as something that's more than that. Yeah. And I feel like th- there is a little bit of entitlement when it comes to Baker Mayfield because he was the number one overall pick and because he did – get the first playoff win for the Cleveland Browns in over 25 years. He can feel entitled, but it's also the Browns that can feel entitled to try to upgrade that position, any position, because it is their team yep. and not Baker Mayfield's team. Chris Canty, that's him. Freddie Cohen, that's me on Canty and Coleman on ESPN Radio and also ESPN+. Plus. At least our boy <laughs> Bob Miller has to worry about that. Getting that kind of money, $51.5 million in guaranteed Ooh. money, $34 million S- when he signs the contract. Can you say it again? $51.5 million guaranteed. Ooh. $34 million when he gives his Von Miller on the bottom line Ooh. when it comes to that contract. And in modern football, if you don't have a great quarterback, you better have a guy that come out that corner 150 miles an hour that can threaten a quarterback. We've seen Von Miller do that the Denver Broncos and the Los Angeles Rams and having two of those rings. But before we get started today, Chris, I'm glad you brought it up. You compared him to somebody else that was a difference maker that a lot of people may not be seeing with this move by the Buffalo Bills bringing in Vaughn Miller to that organization. Yeah, you know what? It, it, it makes a lot of sense for Brandon Bean to be aggressive in this spot because you do have a team that's capable of contending for a championship. The Bills were the only team in football last year to have a top-five offense and a top-five top, top five defense. That's saying a lot. you got a quarterback that you know you can win with. They should have won in Arrowhead against the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't know what the hell they were doing with that late-game kickoff that led to an overtime and ultimately them being bounced from the tournament. But – When I look at this situation, bringing over a player like Von Miller that has a championship pedigree, he's got multiple Super Bowls, including a Super Bowl MVP, you're going to inject that into the culture and into your locker room, Mm -hmm. and those leadership intangibles make all the difference when it comes to being able to have postseason success. And so when we talked about this earlier, Freddie C., I liken this acquisition of Von Miller to the Bills as the one we saw the Dallas Cowboys make once upon a time when they brought over Charles Haley from the San Francisco 49ers. Haley was a guy that was an edge rusher and won multiple championships. They brought him over in 92, a team that had a lot of young core pieces, including a young signal caller in Troy Troy Aikman that they drafted, what, three or four seasons ago. They were trying to figure out a way to win football games when it mattered the most. They brought over Charles Haley. They won a championship in year one. Now, The Bills are already the presumptive favorite going into this season out of the AFC to to represent the conference in the Super Bowl. But getting Von Miller, a player of that elk, a player with that pedigree, and a player that's capable of the production that we saw 
when he was with the Rams this year, I think that makes all the difference in the world when it comes to the Bills. And that was been the Achilles heel mm-hmm. for this Bills defense, being able to have pass rush, late game pass rush. You got an offense that can put up points. So now you got to be able to have a defense that can close the show. Your offense is going to allow you to play with the lead. So you got to have guys that can hunt the quarterback. You got Greg Rousseau, you got AJ Epinesa, you got some dudes up front, Ed Oliver, you got some dudes up front that can get after the quarterback. Boogie Basham as well. Right. But none of those dudes are Von Miller. And so now you got Von Miller. And he's going to be the guy that's the closer. Similar to what we saw with Charles Haley do for the Dallas Cowboys. That's what I'm expecting in terms of his impact on the Buffalo Bills organization. Because he can show them something they don't have. You see this on my finger, this ring that I just won. I got another one just like it. If you want to get one of these, you're going to follow my lead. You cannot pick a better person than Von Miller have somebody leading that charge, especially your quarterback, Josh Allen, and that Buffalo Bills organization. You can always hit us up on Twitter. Chris's handle, ChrisCanty99. My handle at Coleman ESPN. We are Freddie Coleman and Chris Canty here on ESPN Radio. You're going to hear a different version of the two letters DM. When it comes to Russell Westbrook being clowned by Minnesota and being a member of the Los Angeles Lakers. That's next on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio. You got Steph Curry out with a sprained left foot. They expect him to return by the playoffs here on Canty and Coleman. Chris Canty and Freddie Coleman on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. And one thing we talked about that, Chris, in terms of that injury, a lot of people were wondering was that a dirty play by Marcus Smart? To me, that was just Marcus Smart doing what has kept him in the NBA. Being that tough guy, going for those loose balls, it's just that Steph Curry's foot got in the way. He was making a basketball play, not a dirty play in my opinion. No doubt about it. To me, that's one of those situations where if you're Steph Curry, you got to get down on the ground with Marcus Smart and be able to come up with that 50-50 ball, that loose ball. And I thought our very own Jay Williams did a great job on Get Up this morning and being able to demonstrate exactly what's happening when you have that loose ball and how you put yourself at risk as a player if you try to bend over to pick it up as opposed to diving on it. I get it. It seems like it's more of a football scrum than it is a basketball play, but that's the reality of it when it comes to two teams that are competing for playoff position in their respective conferences, and that's been Boston style all year long. People are saying that this has been Marcus Smart's M.O., but this has been a gritty team all season long, these Boston Celtics under – uh, under their new head coach. This is just how they get down. There's a reason why they've been the best defensive team since the calendar flipped over to 2022. And I think overall they're second this year in defensive efficiency. So you got to know that they're going to be scrappy on the defensive end. And when it comes to those types of plays, they're going to be ultra aggressive. And unfortunately, Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors found that out the hard way. But you can't call Marcus Smart a dirty player yeah. and, and sit there and have Draymond Green on your team at the same time. Right. Because Draymond Green makes the same types of plays. So I that's the part of it that I don't understand. But in looking at the Golden State Warriors and their road the rest of the way, they got a lot of Eastern Conference teams that they're gonna they're gonna contend with. They got a lot of teams that I would say would count as wins on their schedule. So we'll see what ends up happening for them moving forward. But it's not the toughest of schedules to close out the regular season. That's why I think they'll be fine in terms of overall playoff seeding. They've got enough depth on that team with the return of Draymond in order to be able to maintain their standing in the conference. And one of the things about the Golden State Warriors, they even talked about that it's all about that playoff positioning and being healthy and not saying you're not going to need Steph Curry. You don't have a guy out of your lineup like that, and it's not going to have that kind of effect on your basketball team. He's one of the greatest players and greatest shooters 
that we've ever seen. But at the same time, if you're Golden State, you're thinking, okay, Clay is relatively healthy. We got Draymond Green back. We got enough guys that we can make up with our schedule going into the final weeks of the regular season that we can make sure that Steph Curry is going to be at 100% efficiency going into the playoffs. It would not surprise me if he's there for the final two games, maybe the last game before the playoffs get started, and then this way he gets that rustiness out before the playoffs get started as Golden State tries to make another championship run. ESPN Radio. It's a little CNC Sports Factory in the afternoon on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. He's Chris Canty. I'm Freddie Coleman. 15 minutes away from if you're afraid of spiders, then the NCAA tournament may not be there for you. That comes up in your way in about 15 minutes. And I get Russell Westbrook. He is tired of people picking on him. He's tired of people, Chris Canty, doing it on national TV or national radio. But last night, brother, it was a clown show as they got punked by the Minnesota Timberwolves, 124-104. to 104. Patrick Beverly was doing the whole look at me, I'm too strong for him thing. He was calling out Russell Westbrook, throwing all kinds of shade at him. And as far as that shade is concerned, I get it. But if you're the Los Angeles Lakers, Chris Canty, this is where we are, where now you become a punchline and a joke to an organization like the Timberwolves who've never made the NBA Finals in the history of that organization. Yeah, it's a bad look for the Lakers being 11 games under 500 right now and LeBron James being on pace to have his worst season as a pro. That's saying a lot given the situation that he stepped into as a high schooler with the Cleveland Cavaliers. So the fact that this organization is in this type of disarray, I think there's plenty of blame to go around. Whether you want to put it on LeBron James, the GM, you want to put it on LeBron, the player, you want to blame Street Clothes, a.k.a. Anthony Davis, <laughs> wow. you want to blame Russell Westbrook, <laughs> you want to blame Rob Palenka, Hell, if you want to blame Jeannie Buss, there's plenty of blame to go around with the L.A. Lakers. But the fact of the matter is, Freddie C., this is not a good team. Yeah, This is not a good team, and I think you got to embrace that. As a, as a Lakers fan, you have to have some level of awareness because this is a team right now that's one game in front of the New Orleans Pelicans for 10th in the Western Conference. They're just barely hanging on by a thread for a playoff tournament spot. This, this, we're not even talking about an actual playoff spot. We're talking about the play-in tournament spot. They're hanging on by a thread for that. Mm-hmm. And I never thought we would be here yeah. with LeBron James in his 19th season, his age 37 season, because of how good he is. I didn't think we would see this, but that's the reality of where the Lakers are. And Russell Westbrook has to be accountable for his performance. He has not lived up to the expectations that Lakers fans had when they made the move and traded KCP and Kuzma and everything else over to the Wizards in order to bring him over. We thought that this was going to be a finishing piece for this team to get back to title contention, and it's actually had the opposite effect. So I hear where Russell Westbrook is coming from and saying that, oh, well, I'm tired of being blamed and I don't like the trash talking and the guys, you know, it doesn't really affect me, but I'm going to go out of my way in the post-game press conference to let those guys know that they haven't really accomplished what I've accomplished in this league going back to him winning an MVP for averaging a triple-double. All I'm going to say is this. Yeah. A hit dog a holler, Freddie C. <laughs> and the fact that all of these guys are clowning Russell Westbrook and the fans are heckling Russell Westbrook, this is just Westbrook recognizing, okay, man, I can't back up any of this stuff. I can't back them up with my play on the court. So I'm just going to lean on everything that I've already done in the, in the NBA in order to – try to get people up off me. But what he doesn't realize is this. The more you do that, the more of these antics that we see in the post-game press conference, mm-hmm. the more criticism that you're going to get. And I don't know that you want to bring that on yourself because if you watch the way he played last night, 
I mean, the guy airballed a three-pointer, just overshot the basket, and Carl Anthony Towns was looking around the arena to see where the ball went. <laughs> like, that, that, that's where we're at. That's how bad he is. He leads the leagues in turnovers, and I think he leads the league in turnovers by five total turnovers. He leads the league in turnovers, and although he doesn't qualify because he hasn't shot enough three-pointers, if you were to include Russell Westbrook's three-point percentage with everybody else in the NBA, he's dead last. That's how bad Russell Westbrook has been this year for the Lakers. That's why we can't. That's why the ceiling on this team there is, is no, no higher than getting bounced yeah. in the first round of the playoffs. The ceiling is the floor right now with the Los Angeles Lakers. There you go. And you mentioned Russell Westbrook, and he talked about that trash talking that was being thrown at him is not going to get to him. I honestly don't pay no mind to it. Maybe the other guys are, and then they weren't talking to me. They were talking to individual guys, particularly, but. The trash talking doesn't bother me none. Nobody over there has done anything <laughs> that in this league that, you know, make me put my eyes up. Like, oh, they're talking mess. Let me respond. No. Now, Jay Williams from Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max in the morning said that was a defense mechanism kicking in because he's won an MVP and he's been to the NBA Finals. That's all well and good, that kind of DM that defense mechanism when it comes to Russell Westbrook. Mm-hmm. I hear what he's saying because why would you pay attention to a guy like Patrick Beverly who does not have your pedigree? No matter how bad Russell Westbrook has played this year, he does not have the pedigree of Russell Westbrook. That being said, if Pat Beverly did not have any qualms about getting up in your face and clowning you like everybody else, it says a lot more about, to your point, the Lakers more than how bad Russell Westbrook has played all season long for Los Angeles. Well, you could say that, and, and I get that part of it, but Russ certainly is responsible for what we're seeing from the Lakers, and that's the that's the part of this that that is inescapable, and I don't think anybody should absolve Russell Westbrook no. of blame for yeah. what we're seeing on the court. He was supposed to be the guy when LeBron James needed to get a break or LeBron James was out of the lineup to be able to take over and facilitate offense for this team, be able to create his own shot, be able to create shots for others, he hasn't done that. He's been a turnover machine, and on top of that, he just hasn't been a productive player. And we know Russell Westbrook has never been a lockdown defender, so there really is no value add for the $44 million that they're paying him. Yeah, the Lakers don't have to be part of flex scheduling the rest of the season on TNT and ESPN when it comes to that. <laughs> Trust I where they said. Believe I where they said. That's next on ESPN Radio.